Are you ready to learn? Because my super experienced guests are ready to share some really valuable information. Make sure and listen all the way to the end to get help and support. So let's start with the best audio experience. What's up, guys? Today I'm so excited to discuss more about content marketing and SEO because we know today it's hard to get engagement and results ignoring these big channels. And I'm excited to discuss this topic with Skylar Reeves. How are you? Hey, Anatoly, I'm doing well, man. Nice. Nice to be here. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I check out your profile. Yeah, you have extended experience. Uh, before we start, just tell a little bit about yourself, your background, your experience, and why you decided to take this topic. My name is Kyle Reese. I'm the founder of Arden Growth. Um, we, we sit in this uh, kind of middle area. We act as sort of fractional uh, content uh, strategists for uh, B2B SaaS. Uh, backgrounds in computer science and, and, and engineering uh, kind of fell into the world of marketing and uh you know, been developing tools, working on products simultaneously while trying to service people at the same time. Um, as far as like how I got into things, it was, uh, uh, I spent all my time working on algorithms, uh, spent all the time at a, at a chalkboard was on the more theoretical side of things. And then, uh, someone was talking about this, uh, this black box that is Google. Right. And, um, as I got into it, I realized how fascinating it was. And I was like, well, this would be an interesting problem to kind of tackle and, uh, being able to blend together both the, quantitative sort of data analysis side of things uh, that you have like with SEO and technical SEO with um, the writing component, right? The actual creativity of, of creating content for the web uh, made me just kind of fall in love with it because I had a, a fairly extensive background in philosophy and writing as well. So it was a nice harmony. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I agree with that. Okay. Uh, let's talk about uh, creating uh, content strategy. According to a few studies online, and that uh, many businesses uh, have no uh, documented content strategy. They usually take uh, generic strategies. Uh, I don't know, like using SEMrush, HRFs, most they are looking for some generic keywords and jump there. They can get results. And that's why 91% of all websites can get organic reach. Can you tell from your experience how to find the right keywords for SEO? And uh, how do we know that these keywords will be ranked? Uh, we can get results. Uh, how to forecast this uh, ranking positions? Yeah, so I think one thing to start with is that there's a probably the, the key reason why people fail at it, right, is because they, they confuse strategy with planning and tactics, right? And so strategy is a much larger overarching goal, um, you know, that has to be considered as well. So you have to take into account your business model, your market, your product, right? Like how you're going to actually be able to reach, reach that market um, through different channels and to deliver them, you know, the proper messaging for your product. Now into the more tactical side of things of doing keyword research and determining, okay, like what are the best topics for us to tackle? Uh, what we like to do is we like to uh, take and just basically pull all the data that we possibly can uh, from a keyword research standpoint, from whatever tools you have available, whether that's things like Ahrefs, SEMrush, et cetera, but also pulling in all the historical data we can from GSC and then doing uh, uh, real rich, in-depth, qualitative customer research where we're interviewing customers, talking to customers, collect all that data, um, do some uh, qualitative coding on that, right, to, to classify it. And then to look for where the overlap is between both of them. The when it comes to ranking, you know, there's as far as like how to know whether or not you can rank for something. A lot of it, if you're just starting out, just comes down to publish content and let's see what we, what you can begin to get traction in and on a particular uh, in a particular section of of whatever's relevant to your market. And then try to stay closely uh, nearby that and create the tangential topics around it. We built an algorithm to do it and, and to plan this out ourselves and um, developed a priority score into it that helps us 
identify what page is actually the next best page to create to rank um, that you'll be able to rank quickly for, but you have to balance that as well with the business goals and what your business constraints are to ask yourself, will creating that page actually deliver value to my audience? And in turn, can that, you know, uh, you know, kind of factor into our monetization strategy, right? Like, can it make us revenue or is it, um, or is it a brand play that we have to maybe kind of, uh, think about the, what's the long-term impact of it that can still influence revenue over time, but you have to kind of weigh both of those into account. Um, but uh, oftentimes uh, if you're, if you're starting out, you're trying to figure out will content even work for my business. My advice is to go after the long tail um, and then mm-hmm. run a little bit of paid media behind it actually, just to see um, if people convert when they get to the content um, that way you don't waste time trying to, you know, get it to rank because who cares if it ranks, if it never actually drives any business value for you um, as well. Yeah. Yeah. Man. Love it. Love it. Yeah. I agree with that. Um, uh, uh, I remember one study from most probably, yeah, that 80% of all sales are coming from long tail keywords. That means, yeah, <laughs> it's better yeah. to pay attention there because if you want to sell and compete with others and um, um, I have the next question about um, uh, creating content uh, in for topics that have other uh, high quality content from many websites for example if you uh, search on google you can find many other high quality pages valuable content uh, how to compete with them uh, it's better to skip them and search for topics that have a lack of quality content outdated information or it's possible uh, to jump on this field and check out uh, I don't know, like keyword difficulty on HRS or SEMrush uh, and uh, think, uh, okay, if I can beat them uh, with content, I probably I can beat with uh, creating more links, uh, earning these links. Uh, uh, can you tell more about that, uh, about technical aspect when uh, to choose priorities? Because uh, uh, the masters often take a lot more than they can create. I mean, like uh, about high quality content. Yeah, so... <laughs> It really, like most things, it depends on like how, where do you sit at in the market, right? Are you a, are you just entering an already existing, well-established market or are you breaking into a, are you creating a new category? And, mm-hmm. and in that sense that you actually have a new category, you're not just saying you do, right? Um, mm-hmm. But if, if let's say you're, uh, you know, a, a smaller brand, you don't have a ton of authority and you're going up against larger brands, you can still compete the there's there's two approaches that we tend to take there it's it's either going to um, gradually try to compete on topical authority which basically is like you really niche down on that subject and become an expert around it and then rely on the fact that all the other content on your website will help pr- propel you up as you go after the more competitive terms um that's that's one angle that takes a lot longer though right but it's as long-term game and it, and it can be valuable we don't really look at keyword difficulty or things like that um KD for us is really just a um, a metric that informs us how linkable a, a topic would be. Uh, like mm-hmm. we just have like, okay, if it's got to have KD, that means a lot of people link to it. And so if we create this, maybe we can get a lot of people linked to it as well. You have to kind of use your best judgment there too and ask yourself, are, were those manual or were they, you know, sound up kind of organic? But um, the other thing to kind of look at though, like when you're trying to prioritize, so like here's a, um, this is always a little difficult to talk about because like we built an algorithm for it, but if you're going to try to do it manually, here's, here's some advice you can take. Look to see what you're currently ranking for, right? You'll hear people talk about finding the topics that you rank, 
you know, 11 through 30 or something for, right? And saying like, oh, go optimize those pages. What I would say to do instead is to take a look at the terms that you are ranking 11 through 34, 40, 50, whatever, and ascertain whether or not that topic could actually be a separate page on your website. Um, if it could, so if you compare the SERP results between two keywords, if you see that the SERP results are drastically different in terms of which pages are ranking and the intent behind the keyword, then instead of trying to optimize your page to capture that keyword that you're ranking 15th for, for example, you might actually mm -hmm. find that you're better off creating a separate unique page for it. And then that page will rank a lot faster if it does have a specifically uh, a different search intent. The other thing to look at is to take a look at the search results when you are going after a keyword and uh, not only look at the results, but also look at the pages, right? And you want to ask yourself what's not being said, um, like what's missing? Is there an alternative perspective or angle to look at this from? Is everyone all saying the same things? Because if they are, that's really great. You can actually go and, and, and maybe take a contrarian approach, right? Or call out what they all have wrong. And just by, uh, you know, doing that, like Google will, we've seen it time and time again, they'll, they'll die for, they, they like, they, they try to diversify uh, search results to some extent, even um, like we, we got a brand we work with, they compete in a very high, uh, high competitive space, much of it's basically all like DR 80 plus, and they're like DR 28. And we consistently mm -hmm. like hit number one or in the top three, at least for, for some very like lucrative terms. Um, but it's because we take a, either a contrarian stance or we often ask ourselves like what's not being said. So Bernard Wing from ClearScope talks about this, about thinking about like the different search perspectives. Someone, ser someone searching for something like, uh, I don't know, something to do with like say fitness or some health supplement, right? Mm -hmm. You know, you're going to have health line, everyone else ranking, but then you'll have, uh, you'll see results sometimes that'll say like, according to, uh, you know, some expert, right? So then it, this is more of like the expert's perspective, or sometimes you'll see it where it's more like according to a lay person. So then it's, it's, it's the, it's the person's own unique personal perspective and you'll see different types of results like that rank. So I would look to see if those are opportunities, if you're seeing that in search results and go after those. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Nice. Nice. You know, uh, I can't avoid this question. Sorry for that. Uh, but I can see, uh, you have some books on your background. Can you tell yeah, me? Yeah. <laughs> uh, because I, I'm loving, uh, you know, it's my passion to read books, you know, mm -hmm. it's hard to find time, but I usually do it. Can you tell what type of books, uh, it's better to read if you want to, uh, grow your skills in SEO or digital marketing, or, if, uh, for example, you have other books that can help you in your business. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we've, uh, I mean, back there, there's a whole, like a wide variety of things. It's, it's actually pretty much all either math and or philosophy for the most part. Mm -hmm, um, mm -hmm. But I think there's some business books down there too. I, I would say it depends on what type of role you're, uh, that you're in and what you're wanting your, like the trajectory of your career to go down. So if you're looking to, if you're running a business, right? Like I would look at, I, I would read books that are, are around things like delegation, um, mm -hmm. marketing, like, like, you know, uh, how to market, uh, copywriting are, are really important. Um, especially if you're just starting a business as an entrepreneur, copywriting is probably one of the most underrated skills that more entrepreneurs need to, uh, include myself need to get better at. Um, and then delegation is, is, is up there as well. Like you do, otherwise you'll become the bottleneck in your business. Uh, from a marketing perspective, I think some, some of the best ones that just come to mind for me is like, like positioning by April Dunford. It's probably one of the best marketing books that I've read um, in, 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 a, in a good while. Um, and 
gosh, outside of that, I mean, I read a ton of philosophy um, just around like, you know, uh, helping you kind of understand, articulate, deconstruct uh, arguments and ideas, but also um, kind of get your mindset right. Um, and then a bunch of math, but you don't have, you know, to learn a bunch of math to be a good marketer. Um, it's certainly helpful if you're on the data analysis side of things, but uh, like calculus is an underrated skill too, but um, uh, in, in statistical analysis, but beyond that, I mean, I think anything that like ask yourself, like what constraints or what areas like do you want to improve upon and instead of going to like Amazon and looking for book recommendations, like go find people um, and ask them for their own personal recommendations. Um, that you'll, you'll get far better. I think, uh, you know, answers there too. Yeah. These guys are from North Korea. They love reading as well. <laughs> they right. have no internet, but they love reading because they have no, um, a lot of choices. <laughs> okay. Right. Uh, let's get back to SEO. Um, uh, for example, you know, um, um, I often get the question, even from big clients, uh, big companies with uh, huge resources. Uh, and uh, in most cases, they have issues with uh, creating content because uh, uh, I often get replies, sorry, I have no experience with that. I have no time to develop uh, content uh, to hire copywriters to handle the process because I need to develop and innovate my products to be competitive uh, in my field. How to help them? Uh, how to find uh, good copywriters today who can uh, go ahead? Because, for example, if, if uh, uh, my team submits a request on Upwork, we usually get 100 replies. And uh, after testing uh, 10, 20 of them, you know, results are not good. What do you think about that? Yeah, yeah. It's So it, it, I think one of the large problems that, you, that we run into these days when it comes to writing is that especially like hiring content marketers and or writers is that a lot of people think that they can write mm -hmm. and they can't um, at least not well. And not that they couldn't be better. Right. I'm not trying to like put people down. Right. But it's, it's, there's been a lot of people that have flooded in this field because they've realized that they, uh, you know, it can be a source of a good source of income. Right. Um, but there's there's a lack of quality control and there's not a good way to kind of gauge beforehand. Um, what we've done is, you know, we go through a fairly extensive process when we're hiring people and we don't look for just writers. We look for people that are true content marketers who, mm -hmm. um, you know, aren't just trying to put words on paper. Like, you know, even if it's small things like they'll go take screenshots of the product, they'll go learn how to use the product. They will actively go out and talk to customers. Um, but as far as to find them, I think like... Mm -hmm. So Superpath by Jimmy Daly, uh, he runs a slant that's like channel there. It's a fantastic resource uh, to go uh, into and, and to find uh, uh, at least kind of like whittle down the pool of writers that you might want to pull from as opposed to going on Upwork where you'll get, um, you know, flooded by, um, you know, pr uh, proposals mm -hmm. and whatnot. Uh, beyond that, though, you need to have a clear idea of, of what you want from a writer and what your expectations of, uh, from them are and how to evaluate them. So. I like to look for people who have a journalistic background um, because the, like if you think you're going to find a writer who can really truly understand your product, the way that you or your product team can um, you're looking for a unicorn, right? Like they're, they're, they're mm -hmm. fairly rare. And I mean, if you ever do find one, like hire them immediately and keep them forever. Right. But um, 
but generally speaking, what you want is you want someone who can ask good questions, um, who is proactive um, about doing research, uh, who has no qualms with grabbing a few of your customers and trying to get them scheduled on a call, right? And talking to them one-on-one. Um, and the because what will happen is like that person will then talk to the founder, the, the subject matter experts in the company, um, uh, someone from the product team, someone from the sales team, someone from customer success, customer support, talking to the customers themselves, et cetera, right? Like they know how to ask good questions and they can take and articulate that into a cohesive narrative. Um, or if they're, uh, same thing goes if you're trying to hire a content marketer who's more on the, the production side of things of like video or a podcast, mm-hmm. right? It's all about knowing how to ask good questions and how to empathize, uh, which is really hard to gauge in advance. So what we've done is when you when you are interviewing, uh, give someone a topic, pay them to, to write something. Don't give them a, a large topic. Just um, have them kind of go through what their process looks like. Uh, give them feedback. And then what you want to look for is ha- have them kind of do it again, like right afterwards and look to see, did they listen to your feedback? Because the main thing I think that, that we found that you want to look for is coachability, um, that they're, mm-hmm. that they're not stuck in their ways and they can kind of adapt. If you don't have any experience doing that though, you honestly, you probably just need to hire someone to help you um, evaluate. Uh, you don't have to hire someone full time to do the help you evaluate, just hire someone on a contract basis to help you, you know, um, kind of find a few good writers and that person may eventually kind of become your your content manager or head of content as well but um but when, if you're completely out of options like go to go to super pat join super path it's free uh talk to the community in there uh, i think you can post um, j- job stuff on there too i think it's it's, it's less than a hundred dollars i think to post a job on there and the quality mm-hmm. is is much better yeah nice nice Good. yeah interesting okay uh let's talk more about uh, link building uh from your experience, uh, which uh, techniques are much better today? Because we have a bunch of techniques, black hat SEO, white hat SEO, white hat SEO, we can divide with many techniques, uh, uh, guest posting, skyscraper, uh, many, many, many others, broken link mm-hmm. building. Uh, how to find the right link building strategies uh, for uh, some projects? Uh, because uh, in most cases, we just analyze competitors on HRF, SEMrush, we can see their backlinks, but uh, I can see that link builders Uh, usually use their strategies Uh, they don't try to uh, use the same uh, link building techniques or networking from your experience how to find the right way yeah so it goes it goes both ways here because i'm for the most part i try not to build links unless i absolutely have to i Mm -hmm. like to see i like to see uh, what we can do without them first um and we've been somewhat successful with it but Mm -hmm. that being said when you are building links uh, because there's certain industries where it's uh, much much more important, I think, uh, to be truly competitive. When you're looking at competitors, so the only time I like to look at competitors is to understand uh, metric signals on how Google would evaluate things. I don't like to look at competitors in terms of strategy, uh, but mm-hmm. it is useful sometimes to see, okay, like what are common behaviors across the competition that would point us in the right direction on things that we might want to be aware of in terms of quality, in terms of the from what industries right? Things like that. Uh, At what velocity would be the other thing? At what velocity do we need to be um, building links? And is that something that we can reasonably do? Do we have the budget for it? And if not, then maybe we need to find better targets, right? But as far as tactics and strategies go, uh, the single best strategy I can tell someone to take is to just create content that people would want to link to. Um, Mm -hmm. And and, and like, like naturally, and and I know that sounds like, oh, that, that just sounds like easy uh, to, to say, but not to do. 
it's it's a matter of don't worry about trying to get links built to pages that you think that you're going to have to do outreach for. Just create content that if you were to share it on social, if you were to put paid behind it, if you were to put it sponsored in someone's newsletter, like you can get far better distribution that way. That gets picked up by the audience. And if it's good, so let's say it's something about statistics. Let's say you've got some sort of free tool. Let's say you break down something to show people how to solve some problem, right? That like no one else has really solved. Like give people something of value that people would have buzz about and they will just naturally link to you. That is the easiest. If, you, if you're a SaaS company and you've got data, right? That you can an, you anonymize without getting out any private, privacy information, but where you can create some sort of report, right? That that gives some stats to people that uh, has some sort of unique insights that are that are interesting, not just boring numbers. Uh, create that type of content and then just promote the hell out of it, and then let the let the industry, you know, um, you know, link back to you. Beyond that, it's do anything that would cause like news, press, PR, anyone in the in the kind of journal space, right, to want to go talk about you. That would be that would be a, um, another option. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, outside of that, I mean, those those are the, those are the that's that's the best yeah, thing I think to go do. And or like look at vendor partnerships. Like, don't think mm-hmm. about like go form relationships and collaborations with adjacent uh, partners that are. Let's say you're in Martech, right? Like, um, if you're like Pipe Drive, I don't know, go form a partnership with Asana, right? Like, you don't compete with another, but people use both of your tools um, and work with one another that way. Like you can, you can kind of, uh, cross collaborate on content projects together. Um, and it looks beyond just the link, right? It looks to say like, what's the like long-term value of an actual like business development relationship that we have here, um, which is way more valuable than, than links themselves. So. Yeah. Got it. Yeah. Uh, in the first part of our live stream, you mentioned about, uh, learning customers when, uh, we discussed about, uh, creating content strategy. Can you share technical aspect, how to do it? Uh, because, uh, for example, it's much simpler when you use uh, tools uh, to check out data, but how to learn customers, uh, from for specific project. Yeah. So, um, are you asking? Are you are you asking how to actually like get them to talk to you, or like, uh, how to, to, to lo- uh, It's more about how to learn uh, customers to understand what kind of content to create for uh, these customers. Yeah. Uh, oh yeah. Um, so, th- I think one of the best things to do is uh, one uh, sales. Anytime they're talking to people, mm-hmm. right? They're not a customer yet. Those are some of the best people to get ideas from because they're not customers yet, especially the ones who don't become customers. Uh, go, 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 go talk to sales, go, uh, go pull up gong recordings, anything you can go try to sit on the, those calls, um, do some after action things with them as well. Now, if you have current customers, I like to get on call with them and ask them open-ended questions. I like mm-hmm. to ask them things about like, what were you doing prior to using our you know, our product or, Hey, you know, let's say you, you, you know, you want to go down a direction of, I don't know, like how to, um, automate like contact collection information or Mm -hmm. outreach or something like that. Right. Like you might want to ask them like, you know, when you're trying to do this, so like talk about it from like a jobs to be done standpoint, when you're trying to accomplish X, Y, Z, you know, job, uh, can you, what, what does that process look like? Like, what do you, what do you do currently? Because they'll give you information about not, not only how you, they use your tool, but how they use it within the broader ecosystem of uh, other tools they use, how it works within their organization, who uses it for what, who doesn't use it, who said, you know, maybe there's an executive or something that says like, I don't, don't send me the report, just send me the, 
just send me the, the three line summary email, right? You, you can get a broader picture of, um, of how everything's going on. And so start with that opening question. And then when they say certain things, like go, go deeper into why, like, you know, can, can you explain to me how you do that? Why do you do it that way? Um, you know, what was the thought process there? You have to kind of keep diving into it. There's not like a template that you can follow for qualitative customer research because it's, it's unique based on who you're talking to, what their job is, what they're, what they're trying to do, uh, where they're, you know, situated at in the market, what their leadership looks like and everything else. The, 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 the biggest thing is actually just get them on a call. Um, mm -hmm. And a lot of people think that that's hard. Just ask, like, you'd be surprised how many people are willing to give their feedback and, and talk about things. Um, it's it, especially when you treat it as less of like, oh, here's this survey, right? There, there have been mm -hmm. countless times where, people, where I get surveys of, you know, people want me to fill out a survey and send some sort of Starbucks mm -hmm. gift card or whatever. I'm like, I don't, I don't have, I, I don't want to, right? It's, it's, I don't, I don't want to fill out a survey. Um, but if they, someone earlier this week said, Hey, would you be able to, willing to hop on a 15 minute call with our product team to talk about some features we're thinking about launching, give us some feedback. Absolutely. Happy to, right. I don't mind hopping on a call to, to talk to someone. Cause it's this, it's this, uh, this connection, right? Like you're actually having a conversation. You're not just looking at a screen, clicking radio buttons. So. Yeah. Nice. Nice. Uh, yeah. Uh, I think the era of SEO, uh, lazy SEOs is that, you know, <laughs> yeah. and, uh, uh, especially, um, uh, I read a few books about digital marketing and many, uh, CEOs, big companies, you know, they go to the customers and talk to them, you know, they can spend uh, a day with them to, uh, learn their paying uh, everything you know from them and think how to improve and develop products so yeah uh, uh one, of the key, one of the key things that a lot of people mess up here is that you want to develop a system that enables you to continuously collect mm -hmm. qualitative feedback from your customers you don't want it to be something that you do once a quarter once a year right at some sort of you know focus group type thing like you want to to build systems in place that allow you to continuously have those interactions with customers form a community interview customers on a podcast right like just do something that allows you to just continuously collect that information that's whatever marketer needs to be doing uh, whether you're yeah. an seo whether you're a concert marketer or brand demand etc yeah nice nice yeah yeah why not yeah um it's the way to communicate with customers, record podcasts with them, you know, <laughs> yeah. just invite them. Yeah. Uh, okay, uh, let's talk about uh, uh, ROI. Can you tell how to measure it, how to understand? For example, uh, if I open paid marketing, Google Ads, I can uh, measure uh, cost per click, uh, probable, uh, possible uh, revenue. But uh, how we can do it with SEO? Because uh, organic reach uh, brings more than uh, paid marketing today, according to many uh, data, uh, some statistics. And uh, how to measure ROI for SEO? Yeah, so one thing to kind of point out too, in most other platforms, like you were talking about with paid, you know, yeah, you'll see cost per click, right? But you have to tie that back to revenue. You actually need to know like what's your cost to acquire a customer and, and uh, mm -hmm. you know, what's the CAC payback time and, how much revenue like pipeline have you built up and at what velocity, et cetera. But yeah, so it's more difficult with SEO um, uh, because, you know, we don't, it, it comes down to like, it's hard to know from attribution software because attribution software for the most part is wrong a lot of times. Like, or it, I'm not going to say wrong. It doesn't capture the full picture, right? So there's a lot of other things that are going on. Um, 
the way that we approach it, we, we do it two ways. So like for one, if someone just wants to know, hey, what's the pure, the, the best value that we can get, even though they know that it will be 100% accurate is to, uh, let's say you're, if you're using multi-touch, you know, attribution software, you can, you can take that route. You have to all agree upon, um, you know, what type of model that you're going to use in terms of an attribution model. But uh, if you are agreed upon that, you can, you know, distribute value that way through tools like Visible. Um, we'd like to add forms to things and, and, and ask people how they found out about us. We found a lot of times that, um, you know, when people do answer it, they'll say, oh, I've, you know, I've been reading your content for a while or something like that. Um, I think where a lot of people mess up is they try to just collect leads. And so they try to treat attribution that way through some sort of gated content or some sort of um, like email news um, newsletter or something um, along those lines. And what you miss out on is like, yeah, you're collecting leads, but is it actually generating revenue, right? Like, like leads and ROI are two very different things. You have to tie them together. So as SEOs, you need to be intimately involved in the CRM. You need to be in the CRM. If you're not in the CRM, you're doing it wrong. Um, and you need to be able to try to tie data together wherever you can from analytics. But let's say you're just using analytics. You're not a CRM. You just want to be able to go in analytics and look at some sort of report, which will change soon. Um, you know, with GA, GA4 kind of taking over things, but you can go into the model comparison tool inside of GA, uh, go to behavior model comparison tool, set the look back period to 90 days, um, and then uh, set your conversion values to specifically like uh, whether it's like whatever your high intent um, conversion points are. So I wouldn't do it on things like gated webinars or, you know, gated content downloads or, or email subscribes. I would look at things like book a, book a demo, start a free trial, you know, things like that. So set the conversion um, criteria to that, assuming you have that set up correctly. So your model comparison, look back 90 days, set the date range to whatever you want in terms of what period you're actually looking over. Um, set the conversion dates, and then you want to go down to the uh, secondary dimension, set that to landing pages. You're then going to see all your landing pages. And if you strictly want to see organic, go to the filters at an advanced filter for medium uh, or for MCF channel to organic search. And that will show you all the landing pages that led to some sort of conversion over the past uh, 90 days. And you want to set the attribution model to first click. Uh, that tends to be the most accurate for organic. Again, That'll give you a directionally right answer, but it still misses the mark quite a bit because it doesn't take into account everything else that has happened that is not attributable, right? Across social, across Slack channels, across, you know, different communities and groups and podcasts and, and everything else, right? So if you do go look at that data, try to prove ROI, don't use it as a means to say, this is why you should give us more budget and take budget away from someone else. You need to try to uh, think of it as a much bigger picture type um, sort of thing. So I think most companies, if they would, um, you know, just ask their customers, like, how'd you hear about us? Or like what influenced your buying decision that they might be able to course correct and, and make a, a better decisions in terms of their marketing budget allocation. But yeah, that's a, that's a, that's a pipe dream, I guess sometimes, right? Like we wish they would do that, but you know, it is what it is. <laughs> Nice, nice. Okay, uh, I have the question about indirect factors. Uh, uh, for example, um, no, uh, when I have a new client, I usually tell them you need to provide something more than just SEO. Uh, social media marketing, uh, uh, webinars, it's up to you, just make more because it's... Uh, important you know because you you can uh, use only seo methods to get results today what do you think uh, uh 
uh, why uh, brands need to create brand awareness on social media or for example uh, to provide PR campaigns uh, when Wikipedia links or uh, Forbes or any other websites uh, link to your website but uh, these links are no follow uh, does Google consider these links uh, and yeah uh, your point about indirect factors how it helps SEO today Yeah, so I wouldn't say that they're, I mean, the primary way I think it's going to help SEO is going to be if, if it increases your direct search traffic, mm -hmm. um, which, mm -hmm. I, uh, you know, we don't, we don't know that Google takes that into account. But I, I think that there is something to say, like, oh, if people are beginning to search for this topic and then that brand name, like that it can help Google from a, um, from an intent perspective, realize that they're associated mm -hmm. together. But from a broader, more holistic marketing perspective, uh, that's where the real value comes in. So you know, you've got, um, as far as like what, what to go after though, it's like, you know, go ask your customers, <laughs> like really mm -hmm. like ask them like, how do you want to consume content? Where are you at? Like, where do you, where do you learn information? Right. Are they on LinkedIn? Are they on TikTok? Right. Are they on YouTube? Right. Um, do they actually read email newsletters? Uh, you know, do they just ask people, are they in Slack communities that you can go join and just kind of observe? Don't like constantly market. Right. But, um, that's how to figure out like where, uh, and, and like what channels to use. And then from there, just test and figure out what kind of, what types of content formats that they want. But sometimes when you don't have ideas about what to make, like literally just go ask them, what do you want? And then go make mm -hmm. it. But uh, yeah, again, in terms of inf and the influence on SEO, I mean, one it's yeah. So there, like I said, there's the branded search thing, but then you also have other factors like the more distribution that you can get with your content. The whole point of content is consumption. Whether that mm -hmm. is com comes in through organic, whether that comes in through social, whether that comes in through a word of mouth referral, it's the goal is consumption. I don't care how they consume the content as long as they consume it, right? So, but by putting it out there across other channels, uh, you're gonna like dramatically increase the visibility, which increases like the the odds that maybe other people would link to your other content as well because you build brand affinity, that you become more trustworthy, right? Right? Because people are seeing you all the time everywhere else, not just on Google search. Because people don't when people search on Google and you find a brand, it's very rare that they're ever going to remember you as the brand, right? They have a problem, they search, they get their answer, they leave, right? You have to have some really good content or really be um, you know, like an industry leader in that space a lot of times for people to like continually be coming back to your content. So the only way that you can really, I think sets uh to build that brand affinity with people is to go into other channels as well so that they're seeing you um, in multiple places um and then again that maybe that increases the odds that they they link to your content or invite you on a podcast um you know etc okay got it um I have the question about uh, finding the right people. You know, uh, I asked Neil Patel how uh, he finds awesome marketers who, uh, for his agency, Neil Patel Digital. He replied to me, recruiters do this job. <laughs> and uh, I asked many other uh, founders, uh, CEOs, uh, how they usually looking for good marketers. Many different ways. Uh, someone is using LinkedIn, others Indeed, many platforms, uh, websites. Can you unhide your secrets of finding good uh, specialists for your agency? Yeah, so it's we're, we're still working on it because uh, we, we like to keep things pretty small uh, from a consultancy standpoint, like because we, we focus primarily on, on hiring like in, um, like engineers and people with computer science mm -hmm. background. But 
here's what I can tell you can do outside of that. So yeah, recruiters is one route, but that's expensive. If you want to play uh, a longer game that can attract people, what you have to think about is like, it, you have to be less tactical and you have to be more strategic. You have to think about what can I do to attract talent to me, right? As a mm-hmm. business. So that includes obviously like be very clear on like what your values are, like what, what's a good fit for your company. What is your mission? Like something that people do want to get behind and think that if they do come to work there, like give people an insight into what it would be like to work there. So they can imagine if I were there, this is, you know, uh, that I would want to do this. There are other agencies out there that if I wasn't running mine, I'd, I'd go try to work for them, right? Because I'm like, mm-hmm. hey, that looks pretty awesome. Like, I'd, I'd love, if, if, if I wasn't running this business, I'd go try to work for Refine Labs. I'd go try to work for animals, right? Mm-hmm. Like they, they seem, you know, it, but it's because the, if you look at how they market themselves, not just to their customers, but as a brand, it mm-hmm. attracts talent as well. So when you think about marketing, it's it's a quadrant, right? You have You have to internally market to your people to retain them, right? You have to internally market to your customers to retain them. Then you externally market to potential customers to acquire them as, as new customers. But you, but where a lot of people forget about is you need to also externally market to potential, um, you know, new hires, right. To talent so that you can, mm-hmm. so that the talent comes to you instead. Um, it's a, it's, it's not a, it's not a, a quick sort of thing, right. To do, but if you stay consistent with it and you're, you know, not just out there constantly trying to sell, but you're just putting out good ideas. You're taking a stance. You have a culture people can get behind. You have values, right? Like the people who align with you and what you believe and how you want to approach things will naturally gravitate toward you. Beyond that, though, if you just like need to find someone um, like right now, uh, frankly, I would go, uh, people may not like this, but it's like the the best people are not looking for jobs. So you're going Mm -hmm. to have to go find them um, and figure out a, a way to get them to come work for you or um, a less kind of hard, you know, handed approach would be find someone who you would love to work for you, who does work somewhere else. Right. And ask them, Hey, you know, who, who do you know? That's, that's like you, right? Like, like who else do you know? That's awesome. One, it's going to flatter them, right? They're happy to answer for you and be like, Hey, we're looking for someone, um, you know, obviously like you're a great person, right? Say that and be like, I'm sure you know other people just like you. Like, like, do you have any recommendations? You need to kind of like know that person too. Like, build a little rapport. Don't just like hit up their DM saying like, "Hey, who's like you? I want to hire them." But if you do have a little bit of rapport with them, ask them that. They may have some people in mind. What it also does is it kind of puts that it, it plants in their mind that you are hiring, and if maybe if they are interested, they'll let you know. So it's less of a it's less of a hard ask where you're trying to get someone just to quit their job and come work for you instead. So that that'd be the approach I take if you're trying to be a bit more kind of tactical and straightforward and straightforward with it. Yeah, nice, nice. Thanks for, for that. And uh, I have the final question. Uh, yeah. Your predictions uh, in SEO. What kind of future uh, are you expecting and where uh, websites need to pay attention because it's a long playing game. Uh, we need to uh, know that uh, something will happen or uh, not. <laughs> we don't know exactly what Google will bring. But uh, your predictions about SEO uh, yeah, in this year or probably in the next I think so. It's going to vary depending on like what business, like business monitoring. I think in B two C, this wouldn't happen as much. But in B two B, I think that more and more people are going to um, start turning away from SEO as a place for discovery. For you know, it doesn't work all that well for demand gen. It works better for capturing demand. 
and rely more on their on their network. So I think SEO is going to actually decline from that perspective. I still I still think it's very viable. Um, it's definitely more so for B2C. Um, but the problem with B2B results is that everyone's just copying one another, right? It's it's just a cacophony of the sameness over and over again. And it's causing a lot of distrust in the ser- in the search results. Can't tell you how many times I search for something and I ha- and I I already know like which websites I'm gonna ignore. You know, I have a I have a keyboard shortcut to for you know negative site searches just to filter some out because I don't want to see what they have to say because I'm looking for real recommendations. I'm looking for mm-hmm. real information that isn't fluff. So I think that if if content marketers and SEOs don't up their game in terms of quality, that they're going to see diminishing returns. And eventually the executives and leaderships are going to look at that and say, why are we still doing this? Mm-hmm. When we could go on LinkedIn, when we could start up, you know, go on podcasts where we could, you know, host a community, you know, build a community or do more paid. Uh, frankly, they're going to go towards more paid before anything else, right? Instead of spending money on SEO. So if SEOs and content marketers don't stop trying to copy one another, that's going to be a problem. Outside of that, I think the other one is going to be, uh, I think you're going to see even more of a shift towards uh, YouTube search being um, much more prominent, um, especially for like when you're trying to find more unique information that isn't just rehashed, that's where I'm starting to go to now because it's it's a lot harder to copy someone with a YouTube video than it is a blog post. So so yeah, so I think yeah. if quality is diminished, it's going to go away. And Google's getting better at that too. I think we saw recently where Google started being even more uh, straightforward with the answers that it's extracting from pages to give it to you on the, on the search results. And, um, you know, if, if that continues to happen, it's going to reduce CTR even more. Right. And so that's where you need to kind of think about other search engines like YouTube, um, you know, mm-hmm. to, to kind of go after before you start trying to go after like Bing and DuckDuckGo and everything else, like why not just go over YouTube? It's the second largest one. So. Yeah, agree, agree. I, I love YouTube because, you know, on YouTube you can rank uh, high volume keywords for 24 hours. You don't need to use any link building yeah. campaigns. Uh, even you can use Google ads. It doesn't cost a lot, you know, on YouTube mm-hmm. when yep. you get these views. And so, yeah, it's the way to rank even on Google because Google ranks 55% yeah, of all searches <laughs> video. Yeah. yeah, Fast and, uh, yeah, a good, a good way. Thanks a lot. Yeah, it's a big pleasure to get you on my show, you know, to learn from you. Uh, tell how people can reach out to you, learn more about you, follow you. Yeah, I mean, the best place, if, if you want to learn more, see kind of like what we're what we're often up to, I'd say uh, look us up on LinkedIn, like look me up on LinkedIn to search galleries on LinkedIn. Um, that's probably the only channel I'm the most active on. I don't, I don't get super active on Twitter, um, although I probably mm-hmm. should. Um, and then outside of that, you want to dive deeper into some of the thoughts and stuff that we're working on that are a bit more long form, just check out our, check out our website. We've, we try to put out, um, informational stuff on there that can help people try not to be super salesy in it and, uh, have like some, you know, tools to help people. Like when we we solve problems, we try to tell people, Hey, here's how we solve this. Like, uh, you go solve it too. And let us know what other issues you run into and let's keep improving each other. So. Yeah. I'm on the same boat, you know, I'm not active on Twitter because, uh, I only have two hands, you know, yeah, limited yeah, resources, yeah. you know, yeah. <laughs> to be everywhere. But on LinkedIn, yeah, I usually get much higher engagement rate. So, <laughs> uh, by the way, I, I tried to cover Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, any other social media, but then I got it. For example, if you uh, spend time everywhere, you usually, yep. I usually got like five followers a day. On LinkedIn, you know, sometimes you can get a uh, hundred followers today just sharing content posting yep. uh be active so yeah i think uh, jack of all trades master of none <laughs> yeah pick yeah. pick one channel and master it before you stack on another one for sure 
Yeah, if you have team, for example, Gary V has yeah. Uh, yeah. a big team who can do it. But uh, he started to tweet, you know, yeah, <laughs> on the on Twitter. But when, he, but when he started, he didn't start everywhere, right? So yeah. <laughs> okay, thanks right a lot, man. Yeah, yeah, it's a big cool. pleasure. Thanks, guys, for listening and watching us. Thanks for listening to this entire podcast. Please rank your experience in Apple, Spotify, Google, or any other platforms that you may use. Also, please share your ranking mark on chat at seotools.tv to get a special gift. We'll see you soon on other valuable audio podcasts.